0: You know, I had a I needed a three-phase rotary three-phase converter. And I don't know if you've ever seen one of those things, but they are like a tank. They are really heavy. I didn't have a truck. I had this brown diesel Ford tempo. And so what I did was I took the back seat out of the tempo and I drove it up to northern Indiana where I bought this three-phase converter. And I I the guy that I bought it off of, he and I loaded it into very I don't even know how we did it. It's a wonder I can walk today.
1: And uh, welcome to another episode of Company on the Rise, your podcast about entrepreneurship in real time, not before we did it or after it was done, but while it is happening. I'm your host, Chris Furchini, and today we have Chris, Becky, Evan, and a very special guest, uh, Russ Sorrells. He's the... um... I'll do it. We have special guest, Russ Sorrells. He is the... What are you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> I am an entrepreneur right now, I, so I'm, I'm currently building a business. It's a coaching business, uh, so I, I uh, implement a system called Pinnacles, a business operating system. But as far as my entrepreneurial experience, I have uh, owned and sold five businesses, or in the process of selling my fifth one. You know, so and I so, watched
1: I watched your video on your website right before we came in here. Yeah. I had completely forgotten. So Russ and I go way back. Russ was a salesperson uh, for a rep agency uh, that 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 sold some stuff on a on the businesses that I was in before before go- spreading out on my own. And um, so Russ and I go back shoot twenty five years probably. And uh, I had forgotten that you did the machine shop at, while That's you were right. at, while you were at Cummins. So um, talk about that for a second, and then we'll get into the other ones. But talk about that and. Um,
0: you, you, you did that while you, while working at Cummins, is that right? Yes, I was, I was 21 years old and I had a mentor. His name is Mike Montgomery and Mike Montgomery owned a machine shop. So I was a toolmaker while I was in college. That's kind of how I paid for uh, part of my college was being a toolmaker. And my mentor's name is Mike Montgomery. He owned a machine shop called Mont- Montro Tool Machine. And after college, I was, uh, I was telling him, you know, I want to I start a machine shop. You know, I'd really like to do that. And he said, we'll do it. And I said, no, I, I would. I would, I would like, to, I'd like to do that. And he said, we'll do it. <laughs> and so he, he uh, made me put my money where my mouth was, and I funded that one by, by working. So he would build machines. His company built machines, and I would design them. I had AutoCAD uh, way back when AutoCAD was like number 10. And so I would I would design the machines on AutoCAD 10 he would pay me for my time and I used those funds to buy my lays my bridge port I had a wire EDM I had all those things in my garage I had a I had 200 amp service I was this is, this is a great funny story I, I you know I had a, I needed a three-phase rotary three-phase converter and I don't know if you've ever seen one of those things but they are like a tank they are really heavy. I didn't have a truck I had this brown Diesel Ford tempo. And so what I did was I took the back seat out of the tempo and I drove it up to northern Indiana where I bought this three phase converter. And I I the guy that I bought it off of, he and I loaded it in I don't even know how we did it. It's a wonder I can walk today. But we loaded this thing, it squatted the tempo, <laughs> drove that sucker back home, obviously got some friends to help me heave it out. But uh yeah, that was that was my first business was a machine shop in my garage called Dynamic Products Incorporated. Wow! So
1: you had to convert the one phase going to your house into three phase to run the machines. That's right. So you had yeah. to buy a machine so to run the machines.
0: I had SJO plugs, right? So I would I would run the lathe, I'd plug the lathe in, I'd run the lathe, and then I'd have to unplug it, <laughs> plug the bridgeport in, run the bridgeport, and then I'd unplug that and and plug the uh, wire EDM in and run the wire. So yeah, it was, uh, it was quite a, How long did you end up doing that for? I did that for uh, about four years. Um, And then I, and then I got an opportunity to move to Michigan and get into, get into sales. And I, I didn't know a single human being in Michigan, but I knew I needed to get out of Indiana because I was enjoying my friends too much. We were drinking every night. And uh, I said, okay, this isn't going to be healthy for me long-term. So sold all the equipment, uh, sold the house, and moved up to Michigan. What about the and Tempo? And started in the rep business. What's that? What about the Tempo? Did you sell that too? Oh, so it turns out <laughs> you got to put oil in vehicles. So it had a small leak, guys. And uh, it had a small leak. And, and I, would just, I would just put oil in it. And it had been a while since I checked it. I'm sitting at the light. Uh, they are in town, and I go to go forward, and he goes, Arr! and so it, it, locked, it locked up right there at the Exxon station. So uh, so it was pushing in the Exxon station, and that was that. That's,
1: that's so, when he figured out I better get into sales
0: because I don't know a damn thing about machining. <laughs> uh, that vehicle, my, my friends called it the turd. They're like, hey, Russ, we're going to take the turd? <laughs> but I think it got 50 miles to the gallon, so it, for a college kid, was it was good. Yeah. It was
1: ahead of its time. Yeah. <laughs> when you're in so, college, you'll drive anything. <laughs> so you went to work for a rep yeah. agency, which is where Russ and I met. And yeah. um, and he's he's one heck of a salesman, by the way. And and then um, and then you got the bug again, right? To, to to kind of go out on your own and and talk about that decision and that funding and what was involved in that. And because I think actually. Um, the companies that you rep for kind of help you with that transition, if I'm not mistaken, and and um, and you were able to use your relationships there for a little bit of the funding to get you to get you started with that. So talk about that for a second.
0: Yeah, for sure. So I decided early on. So a couple of years into this sales thing, well, it took me six months to sell anything. I didn't sell anything for six months. Finally sold. We called it these little things. The T 20s So I, sold I just said C20 you were a good 30, salesman,
1: and then you blew. It, it. <laughs> was
0: it was thirty nine hundred. Wait, well, you got to learn, right? I had I was an engineer at that point. I worked at Cummins Engine Company before I moved up there, right? So I sold a thirty nine hundred dollar instrument. My boss just makes so much fun of me. He's like, "Hey, Ross is on the board. Finally sold something. Oh, All right." So I mean, I I got more determined to be the best at this uh, from that uh, shellacking. And uh, so I just build up my skills over the course of time. You know, I had a mission. I'm six to seven companies a day. I wanted to visit and started to get pretty proficient at it and, and, and good at it and, and learn the lingo and, and what you need to do and say, gosh, I don't need this company. I could do this on my own. So, it, and, during, uh, this time,
1: so during this time, Russ, Russ isn't given himself enough credit. He, he ended up being our number one salesperson nationwide. For for that business, so right. he he went from not selling anything for six months to, to number to one number in the one. country. Yeah. Wow, yeah, appreciate that. And
0: and I, one year I won every award. It was uh, I, that was my favorite year. We only
1: have one award, so don't. <laughs> don't <make that. laughs>
0: it sounds uh, way better than what else is I respecting. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, we. We, uh, I, I decided I was going to start the business. I saved up, I had saved up a hundred thousand dollars. And, and the uh, sales manager at the company, he was also a mentor. Uh, his name is Greg, just a, a wonderful human being. He was like, uh, I told him I was leaving and that I was going to go start my own agency. And, uh, and he, he said, well, we can, maybe we can help you out. And I said, yeah, what can you do? So they worked out some funding that they would pay me for commissions in advance. And so we set it up, and for six months, it was X number, and then for the next six months, it was supposed to be half of that original number. And thankfully, because of just amazing companies that they were and that I was representing, I was able to stop that after the first six months. Uh, no funding was needed because the commissions were coming in it was all paid back and I was having I had commission revenue uh, above that so uh, it was a, an amazing experience and then that what happened there is as the commissions continued to come in I would stock that money away and uh, for for a rainy day and I started then in, in investing in businesses as opposed to putting it in the stock market or growing my own agency I really only needed, one employee for the territory that I had. And so I started to use that money uh, to buy other businesses. My first business that I bought was actually with my sister-in-law. And it was called uh, Spin Dry. It was was a laundromat up in uh, New York, in uh, Catskill, New York. She still owns it today. Uh, So I helped her fund that. We went into that together. and, And that was a wonderful experience. Helped her get going. Uh, worked with her on the plan, and then she is, she did great from there, and just she bought my portion out. Uh, so that was kind of a first experience in uh, partnering with someone to help them be successful. And then uh, and then I got this great idea. Right? So I bought a car wash, an oil change facility, but that required an SBA loan. Uh, so we got a one point eight million dollar SBA loan. This business was crushing it. It was cash flowing forty thousand dollars per month and uh and so really a no-brainer you know just put put a little cash in a couple hundred grand down um which is what we ended up putting in four hundred and seventy thousand dollars uh we had a 1.8 million dollar sba loan from uh uncle sam which is a is a great way to fund by the way so if you have an opportunity to do an sba fund now they do want your uh, firstborn, as well as blood samples and everything that goes along with it. It's a, it's a process to get an SBA loan, but the yeah, beautiful you're putting part your, about you're it,
1: pertin- you're putting your personal everything on the line when you, when you do an SBA loan, exactly but it's a right. huge opportunity because you get lots of it, There's a lot of people that can get SBA loans. Um, as long as you're buying a business that's, that's, that generates profit. Um, there's a right. lot of opportunity to get SBA loans. Now, if, if something bad happens, then that means you're going to, um, you're going to probably lose your house. Um, that's right. You're personally
0: liable for that. um, Now the, but what's also what I really have, have appreciated about the SBA loan. So the, the first loan funding that we did when we bought the laundromat, we funded it through a local bank and each year the local bank requires you to share all of your financials with them. So, every year you got to go through the process of digging through this and digging through that and updating the numbers and uh, while it's I guess it shouldn't be it's kind of petty of me to to not like that I mean it's ultimately they gave me money but it's just a pain <laughs> you got to do that every time and so they and, and they could pull the loan at any point in time the the FBA they never as long as you're making the payment you never hear from them the business could be gone. I mean, in theory, right? The business could be gone if you're making the payment. The SBA doesn't care as long as they're getting the money. When when they don't get their money, though, uh, that's a that's a problem. Yeah. But yeah, um, so, so that's so a so, different type. So so far, so the first
1: business you you kind of self funded, just scrapping and saving. Um, the second business you develop some relationships and you kind of use. You got kind of a loan from 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 the 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 companies that you were selling for to kind of get you started That's there. Right. And then, uh, the car wash, you did the SBA loan. And my favorite yeah. is the next one that you bought for a dollar.
0: Yeah. So, uh, there was a, there was a business, a prosthetic and business that, uh, uh, a good friend of mine was a part of. And so I knew this business very well. He was my peak performance partner. Uh, so Kelvin and I got together every Sunday morning at 6 thirty and we you know challenged each other and, and uh, in, in life and business and, and all things. So I knew this business. and he was the, the owner was starting to have some some difficult times. And Kelvin didn't have the finances to buy it or to fund what was required for the business. So we got to looking into the numbers and I mean a hot mess this business was. And so in going through the process, we ended up buying the business for a dollar. But I had to put a uh, I had to put around one hundred and fifty thousand dollars in cash because it was one payroll period away from having no money at all. And so we were going to be overextended because of the payroll. So but uh, but with that funding and then so it had been a good business in the past. So I knew what I needed to do was get in there and find out what broke something broke along the way. And we got in there and sure enough, thankfully within the first couple of weeks, we figured out what it was. We hired an outside company to do our billing for us. And immediately it shot through the roof. And uh, in that business has been uh, a real success story for, I mean, the people in it have done wonderful. uh, That but that outside service was really helpful. And that's another key lesson is someone else, even though we have to pay them 6% of our revenue, I mean, six so whatever they get in from build and receive, we have to pay them 6%, which is a lot. But at the end of the day, if we weren't doing it on our own, that means we were getting zero or half of what we should have gotten. So we'll take 94% of what we would have gotten versus half when we were doing it on our own, if that makes sense. So, Find services that are out there that can help you um, until you get on your feet, and then you can potentially take those over by hiring someone, bringing that in-house. But uh, if there's an opportunity to outsource it, outsource it until you're ready to take it in-house, because professionals will help you be successful, period, whether that's accountants, attorneys, whatever. Um, Use the the resources that are out there. Sorry, I'm going on that one, but I I just think
1: that that that's a great story. On you hear people all the time say, "Well, I don't have the money to buy a business, or I can't do this," and and there are opportunities everywhere if you if you talk to enough people and you look around and and uh, and you find them. Now, I think that company had four hundred grand in debt when you when you took it over. That's right. right? So, we,
0: yeah, so we bought it for a dollar four hundred thousand dollars in debt. So, so we, assuming the debt was kind vendor, of
1: the. So, assuming the debt was kind of the purchase That's price, exactly essentially, right. but okay. but you didn't need any cash to kind of get going and start. You had to cover a few payrolls, and that was pretty much it. And and, and able to turn it around, and and now it's a very successful business, right?
0: Yeah, well, yes, exactly. Just uh, just I personally just exited that business and because it's you know time for my partner. That was kind of the agreement we had in the beginning. Hey, I'll come in, I'll help you get this thing, you know, the ship righted, and work with you for a few years, and then. But it's not what I want to do my whole life. And, uh, and he was like, okay, that's cool. And so we were able to uh, actualize that vision uh, just just this uh, past couple of weeks. So, nice. so is that kind experience. of what,
1: what your focus is now, kind of getting into businesses and helping them out and figuring out what their problems
0: are and, and how they can be successful? Yeah, that's what I – it is so fun. It's so fun. So I implement a system called Pinnacle, and Pinnacle is a business operating system. So when you think of a sports team, a sports team – professional sports team especially, they've got a plan, they've got a program, right? So so they've got a coach that's calling the plays, they got a quarterback that's running the plays. And with a business operating system, essentially it is a system to help people manage their business. What what we do in business so often is is we just play whack a mole, right? So we, we show up at the office, okay, what's today's problem? And then we we solve that problem. It feels good because we we did something today and then we go home exhausted. Um, And then we we do that the next day. And instead of having a plan that's going to progress us toward our ultimate vision, we just spend our time just fixing problems, playing whack-a-mole. But when we have a business operating system, it helps us to keep the main thing the main thing. So we get the whole organization focused on, here's our goal. Here's our main goal, our main objective. Here are our core values. Here's our core purpose. We create these filters through which everything, all decisions are made our hiring decisions, our firing decisions, um, our decisions as far as business, business partners. We're filtering all of that through a system that we've created. So so the system is called Pinnacle, but ultimately what I do is work with the leadership teams of these organizations to create that framework. And then everything, every decision, everything we do is focused and, and filtered through that framework we've created. So Russ, talk about how
1: important... I mean, you're you're a inherent sales guy to begin with, so I think I think it's much easier for you than a lot of people. But but um, for me, I think I think my eyes have been open in the last in the last ten fifteen years on really how important it is to network and 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 join these peer groups and join just get to know people because just having the conversation and 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 voicing what your goals are and what you want to do and listening to what other people's goals are and what they want to do opportunities show up all over the place when that happens
0: it is un- unbelievable when you when you put it out there for sure so there's I'm involved with in what's called the entrepreneurs organization eO eO is a global organization we've got I think 15,000 members now it's just an amazing Organization, uh, if your if your business revenue is above seven figures, and you're uh, you know a majority owner in that business, then that qualifies you to join EO. Vistage is another peer group; it's a different function than EO. Uh, EO is more peer led as opposed to Vistage, which is led by a Vistage chair. Uh, you've got there a number of local service groups. I you know, I kind of got started in Toastmasters. So I joined Toastmasters. Toastmasters is a great place to meet like-minded people that want to grow. It's a positive environment. And uh, I still have friends from that group uh, that I met there in Toastmasters. You, you encouraged me through your uh, entrepreneurs group that you were involved with, the CEO group, mm-hmm. to uh, to get involved with those organizations. And it's been, it's been huge. So that's a great point. And definitely get around your peers, especially even if you're getting with uh, – Fellow landscapers, or uh, if you're in the food business, so getting around those people uh, as often as possible, getting in masterminds, having those conversations—it just it explodes your your opportunity, as well as it helps expand the possibilities. And plus, I think I, I'm always
1: surprised and amazed, and 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 really thankful that I'm I'm surprised that as you talk to other business owners or or, or just other business people in general how willing they are to help you when they hear your story and hear what you're trying to do. And, and, and they, I'm amazed at how many people are like, man, I'd love to help you. I can't help you, but you should go talk to Henry over here because he kind of does some, something that you might be, that might, might interest you or something like that. And that, those conversations seem to happen all all the time when, when you, when you are telling people um, what your goals are and and what you want to do. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And that. And that's, we're so, we're almost programmed or driven that we just don't like to talk about those things. And I think one of the reasons is because we're afraid of failure, right? So so if I tell you I'm going to do something and I don't make it happen, well, I have have failed. But, uh, you know, really, you put it out there. It's amazing to me how the world seems to line up for you to hit your goals. I give you a, I'm a big believer in manifestation, setting a vision, all that stuff. Uh, we had a situation where, in one of the businesses that I transitioned out of, CapEx Sales was the business I started down here in the Carolinas uh, many years ago, uh, the rep agency. And I had transitioned out of that business. I sold that business back in December 2020, but I still—it's an earnout, so I'm still involved with the business. I still, you know, lead the team meetings sometimes and and help the salespeople. And uh, one of the salespeople, the guy that I had hired and trained, he quit, and so. This was on a Friday. I knew he was going to quit on the Friday. I'm like, oh my gosh, you know, what are we going to do? I mean, I don't want to go back into sales. I got out for a reason. And so I'm thinking, 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 and and just going through my network and 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 going through the phone. And man, I know I've got the ideal person that's going to be great in this role. Thought about it all weekend. Monday morning, ten o'clock, my phone rings. It's a Pontiac, Michigan number. I didn't know it. It went into voicemail. And uh, and so later on that day, around lunchtime. I listened to the voicemail, and it it was Mike Whitaker. Unbelievable. This is the guy. He called me about a completely different subject. He had no idea that he was about to start working uh, with our company, but I knew. I knew. As soon as I heard his voice, as soon as I heard the message, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. This is unbelievable. I hadn't talked to the guy in probably two years, and he calls me out of the blue. And, uh, and so I call him up. I'm like, hey, Mike. So I help him through whatever question he had for me at the time. And, and I said, Mike, are you available to get together for lunch Friday of this week? Chris Mullins comes down. We talk to Mike. Mike loves Chris, or Chris loves Mike. And he's like, oh, yeah, he'd be a, a great fit for the organization. So by that weekend, we had, a, we had an offer to him, and uh, he starts on April 11th. So you know, putting it out there into the universe at some level, some way, shape, or form, thinking about it, it, uh, it's amazing how sometimes the universe answers.
1: So we had to cut Russ's conversation short because it goes on for about another half hour. In the next episode, Russ surprises us by pulling out what he would tell his 21-year-old self. Check us out. Make sure you uh, check out Russ's website, OwnYourCategory.com, and also go to CompanyOnTheRise.com. Our YouTube channel will have extra clips and anything that you want to see from that we talk about in the show. So will the website. All right. Thanks, Thanks. for watching.
0: Yeah, so it's different. So this is alligator mouth, and this is what Chris has with comes: alligator arms. Yeah, at dinner,
1: after dinner. Yeah. Yeah. It's like in that movie, he's like, I got this big, big head, and he's little bitty arms. Why aren't you seizing the boy?
0: Yes, yes.
1: I love that scene. You're still here?
0: Click here to subscribe. Clearly, you like us.